Hi everyone, Enrico and Moritz here, Data Stories. Hi Moritz. Hello. How are you? Good. Uh, I'm in Manchester for Future Everything Festival. Uh, just had a little talk yesterday. Uh, have a piece in the exhibition here too. And it's a great festival. It's, uh, it's music, conference, workshops. Uh, great. great, yeah. And it's been running for 19 years. And that's quite long for like a media art type festival. And yeah. And it's organized by Drew Hammond, who I'm collaborating with um, over summer and Studio Nand on a big project for the uh, Olympic Games, uh, where we try to track the, the sort of the emotional response to the games online. So uh -huh. we're also working a bit. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good, 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 good. How are you doing? Great, great. Yeah. I'm trying to relax a bit. I had a couple of months very, very intense. Mm. And uh, you know my my new baby is coming soon. Mm -hmm. Third exactly. baby. Exactly. Third boy, actually. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm trying to relax a bit and uh, focus more on family. Yeah, cool. And I don't have any specific deadline coming soon, so I think it's a nice nice time for relaxing a bit. Yeah. And the weather is getting better. How is the weather there? Yeah, it's uh, very British. <laughs> very British. <laughs> very British. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So, yeah, we are once again alone, me and you, after a long time. Yeah, with I this Andy guy. feeling nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it was great with Andy too. We should have him five times again. He's, he's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and we have more people coming soon. Right? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Maybe even for next episode. We don't know yet exactly. But yeah. yeah, we shouldn't overpromise. I think last time we promised to have this episode on uh, color. On color, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. won't have color today. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> We are going to talk about something really special. We are going to talk about food. Yeah, which is yeah. much better than color anyways. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So you might wonder what is how food and visualization are related, but it looks like they are very related. And Moritz recently started a, a project on that, right? No, you actually concluded a project on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be done, Enrico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a small commission um, from from a German startup. They they're called My Muesli, and what they do is they offer you can customize your muesli. So you, you have a, like a ingredient picker on their side, and you say I want like oat and almonds and raspberries and chocolate or something like this, and uh, then they will mix that muesli and send it to you. And now they had their fifth uh, fifth year anniversary. And so they they said it would be interesting just to, to work a bit with the, the the data of what was ordered. And initially, we also thought about like who ordered it, like where did people come from, you know, where where uh, people who order papaya, you know, <laughs> do they have an interesting <laughs> distribution in Germany or or not, or how about cities versus uh, the the countryside and so on. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, that, that went a bit too far. But what I looked at is, and that's fairly interesting also, is which ingredients were ordered together a lot, you know? So you have mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. 50, 60 uh, ingredients or so. And uh, of course, it's very interesting of what, you know, to find out what people combine and what they don't tend to combine. And uh, so, yeah. so I made a few network visualizations around that. Yeah. yeah. I think what is really interesting about food visualization is that it's one of those cases where you have data 
where that relate people can really very easily relate to, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and, and that's fantastic. And when I also had that, little icons, you know, for all the the ingredients. So there was a little raspberry and a little uh, strawberry and so on, and. That helps a lot uh, in just mm -hmm. people getting a sense to immediately think about the data. You know, does it make sense? Would I have combined that the same way? You know, and so everybody has a good intuition of, um, it, yeah, if the data makes sense or the data presentation makes sense because they have a strong grip on the on the underlying, uh, uh, yeah, or their own opinion of what belongs together or not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was a it was a quite interesting project. So first, I thought it's fairly yeah, straightforward, sure, sure. and um, and the insights won't be that great. You know, that was my expectation. But in fact, there were many like little combinations mm -hmm. I didn't really foresee, and so so there was in fact a, a mm -hmm, lot to mm -hmm. learn about the data set. And it was was also interesting because I produced a few different views. So the the final solution was a radial view with curved lines, like bent lines. Mm -hmm. And it's grouped by the sort of ingredient type, mm -hmm. so nuts, fruit, um, cereals, and so on. And mm -hmm. inside each group, I put the most popular into the center. So you have a fairly good uh, uh, categorization of the nodes. So that, that's really helpful. And then I'm also drawing the lines depending on the, the two colors uh, of the... So each, each uh, group also has a color sort of assigned and the lines are drawn with a gradient yeah. connecting these two colors, more or less. And yeah. the interesting thing is this was the most popular with the client and I think it's also the strongest one for the purpose they had in mind because they, they wanted to have it in their catalog and maybe print a poster or something like this. Mm -hmm. And it's it's one that is immediately readable but the and and many people can relate to it. Yeah. And the circles, I mean, you can bash them <laughs> a lot, you know, and I'm yeah. a bit tired of them, but they are really also very space effective. You have to say that. So there was no other visualization where you could like arrange these, I don't know how many it were, like 50, 60 different labels and they were all readable, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And sure, that's sure. that can be a big factor if you're really interested in the actual like labels, you know, uh, and not just in the structure of the network, but the actual let's say content. Then the radial visualization often has like a big, uh, big, big advantage. advantage. Yeah, it's very space efficient. So, um, anyways, what what was interesting here is that it although it works really well, I think some really strong links are totally neglected in this view because they're between neighbor mm -hmm. neighboring mm -hmm. nodes mm -hmm. and that's a huge mm -hmm. you know the big problem is also if you put like lines on a map you know for trade or something like this the long lines always attract the attention yeah sure you know sure. because sure. they just have sure. more pixels available yeah. you know sure. or they're more disruptive visually yeah sure and but they might not be the most important connections at all <laughs> they're just yeah, the longest sure. lines sure. and you know it sure. can happen that they're very Unimportant line, it's just long because the two nodes are positioned that way. And sure. so the strongest link in the network was exactly between raspberry and strawberries, and these were the most two most popular fruit. And so they were next to each other and they have this very little line <laughs> connecting them. Yeah. <laughs> so and and when I yeah, when I saw that I, I did a few other um, views and the most successful one from the readability point of view was to make a matrix actually like have your ingredients in rows and columns and then have a circle for each connection strength uh, sort of and 
Yeah, the, the, but that didn't look as tasty <laughs> to the client <laughs> and to me as well. I have to admit, it looks a bit more rotten, and of course, you yeah, cannot yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And at that point, I realized I should not have just worked with how often something is combined, but mm -hmm. worked much more on that probability level. So I did one variation of that matrix where I would highlight. The connections that are, let's say, unexpectedly high, given the individual popularities of, of the ingredients. And yeah. then I thought, this is the direction I should have gone. Like, how strong, how does the appearance of one ingredient influence the probabilities that other ingredients appear? You know, like this yeah, conditional yeah, sure. probability. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And the problem is, it's statistically, it's a bit advanced. So you always need a, a few sentences to explain that. Um, you know how it came about and it's much easier to say, okay, a thick line means a lot of, uh, this has been combined a lot of times, right? Yeah, so sure. that's, that's easier to say. But I think from what you're interested in, this would have been the type of information you're interested in. So you're right, in a way, I'm, <laughs> I'm only halfway through with the project. <laughs> but then the catalog had to be printed. And <laughs> so yeah. what, what can you do? But I, yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, it's still a successful piece. I mean, <laughs> but, uh, you know, in hindsight, or this could be for the second edition, this could be a, a way to yeah. investigate. Yeah. Yeah. Be before we proceed, I want to remind our listeners that, of course, whenever we discuss some visualizations in details, we try to put some links on the on the um, yeah, yeah, yeah. post. I'm sorry if you are listening this on the on a podcast directly on on your iPhone or whatever any other device, and you don't have any images in front of you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's not that easy to understand, but we always try to describe everything enough in detail so yeah, you can understand be, what be we're assured, talking it looks, about. It looks but the best way to consume it is to see the images first from the blog post. Um, yeah, what else? Uh, I think uh, discussing with you, I think that you, is it possible that you've been influenced a little bit from Barabasi's work? while doing this Muesli network. Can you briefly describe what's the work of Parabasi? Maybe lots of people don't know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read the paper before indeed, yeah, but that was half a year before, so, but I had it in the in the back of my mind. And uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic paper. So um, it's uh, it's about also about food ingredient analysis. So we should say Barabasi is a really well-known network yeah. researcher. Probably he's the network guy, I would say. The yeah. Yeah. So he wrote Linked, which is a fantastic introduction to the whole world of networks and especially about scale-free networks, which he sort of, I think, discovered. And um, so his lab, they did a study on, um, basically on two things. So at the one hand, they looked at how different ingredients appear together in recipes. So that's a smart move. You know, you can parse a recipe for ingredient names. Uh, so they took basically a couple of cookbooks and, <laughs> and looked, yeah. you know, which ingredients were combined. And then they were doing that across cultures. So they could see if, uh, let's say, in African cuisine or in Asian cuisine, there are different uh, flavor combinations. I mean, obviously, but uh, wh which yeah. ones they are exactly. And then they also looked, there is in, in, in cooking, there is a sort of a, this food pairing hypothesis that that um, ingredients that share a certain chemical, that share chemical compounds um, are 
or that there are certain compounds that if an ingredient, if two ingredients share them, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> I have to be precise here, um, um, that they then go well together. So that there's yeah. a chemical, you know, simple chemical rule for if two ingredients go together well or not. So there's a whole theory behind food pairing, it's called, you know, pairing ingredients. And they wanted to investigate how well this chemical hypothesis more or less matches the empirical data from recipes and it's, it's a fantastic uh, study and what they found out is that the western cuisine seems to use that food pairing principle based on the chemistry but for instance east asian cuisine tends to avoid even uh, it's exactly these, the opposite yeah yeah uh, sure. so so they have a totally different um understanding of what goes well together on a plate more or less Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they did a few really interesting graphics, and it's it's just very strong uh, a statistical analysis too. So you're right. When I read the paper, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's. Or I reread it, and that was when I, yeah, that's that's how you usually you should have done it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but this is also a whole lab, and they're like superhuman, and I'm just a data visualization yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a fantastic yeah, paper, I, so it's totally worth like digging into it, also, although it's a bit technical. Yeah, yeah and they have very nice graphics, and mm -hmm. especially this network with many different compound, many different ingredients, which are uh, related according to the compounds they share. Yeah. And um, one thing that I also read the paper, I think yesterday or two days ago, And I was surprised by mm -hmm. the fact that they didn't really discuss these images in detail. I mean, this graph is very complex. Yeah. There are lots of, mm. I don't know how many how many compounds are there, how many products are there, but I think it's it's a quite it looks quite dense. But at the same time, you have the feeling that you could get a lot of information out of it. I see many big trends, and at the same time, many big outliers at the same time, right? But they don't go too deep into mm -hmm. discussing. I thought that the discussion was a bit weak in this sense. I was surprised. What do you think? Mm, yeah, yeah, there's something to it. So they were just looking for this hypothesis, but I also get a sense the data they collected is um, is worth much more. <laughs> And, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know anything about what technique they use to, to create this graph? Because it looks like, because there are, sorts of islands in the graphs that are colored according to the category of food, like fruits, meats, herbs, vegetables, mm. and so on. And they seem to, to match pretty well, right? So you have a graph where the position of the nodes, mm. uh, when, two node, when a group of nodes is close together, they are mostly colored with the same category. Not all the time, but... Yeah, yeah, very yeah. often, right? Yeah, so and I think there is yeah, a lot yeah. to explore there. The clustering corresponds quite well to these categories. Yeah, at, at first I thought it was Geffy, but then now I see, I look at it again, and the lines are drawn very. Um, some of them are curved, some are not, and so I almost believe it's a custom solution somehow. Yeah, yeah. I think they also use some kind of bundling, or I don't know. I see some. They don't have straight edges. Yeah. Only sometimes they have straight edges. It exactly. would be nice to understand. Yeah, better exactly. Because But some I, of them are straight. The paper doesn't provide any details about how they do it, how they did it. Mm. So I would be curious to know more. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. Anyway, these are physicists doing visualization. <coughs> Sorry. Which is nice. <laughs> Sneeze. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
well. You couldn't bear it? <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe I'm allergic to network graphs. <laughs> um, yeah, no, no, but they, I think it's it's great work. I mean, visually you could yeah, improve on all work, these absolutely. graphs, but it's, it's yeah, the, the charts and the graphics, they provide a lot of information now. Yeah, probably it would be best to hear a talk about it. You know, a one-hour talk by yeah. Barabasi. Maybe that would be the best, best way yeah, to consume sure. it. I also, I'm not sure if papers are really the best way to transport this type of information, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's a whole different story. But I mean, yeah, probably a presentation, uh, you know? Yeah, I agree, I agree. Mm-hmm. Or I agree. something interactive uh, or, you know, something, I don't know, it's... Yeah. Pa- I think the paper is a, is a concept that should go away. Yeah. yeah. And the paper is is pretty short, actually. Yeah. 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 There are not too many details. But I wanted to ask you, I read in the paper, by reading the paper, it looks like this data is available somewhere. Do you know anything about that? Because actually having people accessing this data and trying to come up with other visualizations would be fantastic. Yeah. Do you have any information about that? No, no, I have not. I have not tried. I, I overread that part. So oh yeah, we, should, we should drop them an email. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It, it would be really nice. And it could be just a nice, also like a benchmark, you know, network visualization data set because... Yeah. Again, everybody yeah. can relate to it and you can quickly inspect if the data seems to make sense uh, yeah, or if yeah. the, the presentation seems to make sense. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah cool. I mean, th- this whole idea of having a very large network where you have ingredients and at the same time chemical compounds, I think there is so much to explore there. Yeah, and there's I a mean, whole science of cooking now, you know? And so. And, and, they, and they also have, a, I think, as far as I understand, they also have a list of recipes. So you have these three elements. You have yep. basically the, the whole hierarchy. You have recipes, ingredients, and compounds, which I think it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the angle is very good also to look at this, like how is it used versus what's the theory uh, prediction yeah. sort of coming from the compounds and so on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's quite nice. Yeah. Do we have any other good uh, food visualization projects you're aware of? Um, I think we saw together there was a website for food pairing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I think that's interesting. Nice, nice, bubbly, are... nice bubbly graph. Which looks a bit like my relation browser. Yeah. Yeah. How is it called? I think it's foodpairing.com yeah, or so, yeah. something like that. I think that. so. Yeah, we, we will link it from the from the yeah. show notes. Yeah. Yeah, but I think food visualization is not only limited to exploring the connection between nutrients, flavors, recipes, and so on. But there are many other aspects. Like, for instance, there are lots of people logging their life and of course they are also mm-hmm. logging what they eat yeah notably yeah. the work of nicholas feltron yeah yeah, yeah sure but, but i think this is also another trend in food visualization right oh absolutely yeah, yeah yeah and again it's so interesting like what you can learn like on this very personal and small small data level <laughs> on <laughs> you know on your yeah. life and so on if you visualize and, and collect these numbers yeah so there was a nice project was called visualizing food 40 ways um where uh, a student prep uh prep prep something no lauren manning and um he he collected some data on what he consumed. I think over. I think it's a it's a she. Oh, is it? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Um, 
<laughs> you and, never know. I don't want to get sued. That, that person, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Visualize the, this this food in forty different this food data in forty different ways, and they're quite entertaining. And I I used to um, use that data set also for teaching visualization because it shows like how how many ways you have of displaying the same type of data, and some of them are like hardly readable some of straightforward some use photography like there's a really funny one with um um with um uh how do you say yeah french fries you know used as yeah. bar charts yeah like yeah, I saw it. Yeah, yeah 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 so a bar chart made out of french fries exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so that, that that's definitely uh, a nice one I would like to have a comment from Stephen Few about the bar chart. With yeah, Steve, the, the French fry bar with, chart. Yeah. With French fries, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Like, is that still the best way of display information? <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's a bit it's greasy. It's a bar chart. Yeah, it's a, it's bar, a bar chart, chart. <laughs> but then it gets a French fry. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we had yeah. a nice uh, post or a nice project also by from our friends from Interactive Things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I from think Benjamin. they were they, they were and looking friends, yeah. yeah how America spends food and drink uh, spending you know uh, by city, yeah. and they compared if people eat out a lot or if they if they buy at groceries and and then cook at home, which is a, a nice angle too. Yeah, sure, sure. It's more yeah, it's more about food buying behavior in the end. Yeah, sure. Well, I think there is so much debate around food and health and uh, nutrition in general that I'm surprised that we didn't see anything more. I'm surprised that we didn't see more visualizations about that. It, it's such an odd topic and there are so many yeah. data sets around there. I'm really surprised. I don't know what's mm. what's the reason about that yeah it's i mean maybe it ha just hasn't been picked up that well but i think as i said there's a whole like cooking science movement you know there's for instance this book modernist cuisine i mean it's a high-end book it costs like 400 yeah. euros or so yeah. but they really look at exactly the science of cooking and they measure exactly of what happens at what temperature if you have a duck in a pan or whatever and um I think we will see much more data analysis and data visualization also coming directly from the from the top chefs and so on. So yeah, that, that, yeah. that should be interesting. Yeah, I think it's nice because you have these two angles. From the one end, you have these um, flavors and recipes angle to mm -hmm. look at. Yeah. And on the other hand, you have this nutrition and health that you can take care of. Exactly. But, I think and, it, but the, the it, one it, thing you're forgetting is you can also use food to represent something and this yeah, sure. yeah this is what i'm really interested in i'm and i'm together with uh, susanna yashko she's she's a curator from berlin i'm we're trying to place this data cooking you know mm -hmm. workshop at conferences but we don't succeed uh, at the moment but the idea is that you use food really as an expressive medium mm -hmm. and if you think about it it's great because you have so you can paint with food so you have all the 2d things you know Mm -hmm. You can make sculptures, so you have all the 3D information. <laughs> and then on top of that, you have flavor, you have like cooking times, you have you have the whole semiotic aspects of food, you know, what a potato means in Ireland, you know, or, you know, yeah. all that is associated like with food, like caviar and lobster. And I don't know, every food ingredient has a meaning in a way. 
And yeah. and they are so. So if you think about it, it's, <laughs> it, it would be the most expressive medium for data visualization overall. You know, <laughs> I, I no, really, I'm serious. I mean, I, I challenge anyone to come up with a more expressive medium uh, for data visualization. And so I, you could I, try to. Say, you could try to set up a show on YouTube. Oh yeah, with, uh, recurring episodes. <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. new project about yeah, exactly. food no, visualization. The, the idea was to have a two-day workshop, like with a really good cook or you know a chef, and yeah. the two of us and maybe ten participants, and then take a, a um, ideally a local data set and cook it with local food, of course, and yeah. yeah. But I think anyway, this is this is a great topic for any novice who wants to start doing visualization. And there is, we always get this question, where do we start from? Where do we find data? Yeah. I think that's a clear example, fantastic example of uh, an area where you can find a lot of data. Yeah. Not many people Small data, have spent big data, whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, too mm -hmm. much effort on visualizing foods or nutrients or flavors. I think that's a great direction. Yeah. And um, personally, I've always tried to, I've, I've been chasing for, I think, one year or one year and a half, this data set that comes from the US, USDA National Nutrient Database, mm -hmm. which is really, really, really nice. This is a database that comes from the USDA, which is the... Um, the main uh, the main agency in the US about dealing with food and uh, health related to food mm -hmm. and um, you can find this data set free, freely online mm -hmm. it's huge i think it's i don't remember how many entries but it's really 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 large and uh, really high dimensional. Ah. I don't remember how many dimensions you have there, mm -hmm. but it's really, really large. Cool. So yeah. let me see if I can find it in a moment. I have the link here. Yeah, I mean, uh, there is a nice query tool on the web, but you can also download directly the old data set. Mm -hmm. And then for every, for every uh, food, you have something like the amount of water, energy, protein, lipid, carbohydrate, and so on, high-level measurements. Mm -hmm. And then you have very specific measurements like minerals, and for every mineral, the amount of mineral that you find there. And for every vitamin, the same, you have something like 10 or 15 vitamins or lipids and so on. It's really, really rich. And um, yeah, a few times during my my research activity, I try to use this data set for our own purposes. And it's really fascinating what you can find there. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I never had time to come up with a visualization uh, whose purpose was exactly to show the content of this database. But I think that's a very nice challenge because it's very mm -hmm. large and very rich. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a lot to discover there because this database contains everything from raw foods, like, I don't know, apples or grapes or celery, mm -hmm. <laughs> up to what you find in McDonald's. Ah, okay, okay. like fully processed and so on. Uh -huh. wow. Every kind of processed food in the US. Mm -hmm. So I think it would be really, really nice to to explore this data set and see, because I, I'm sure that you can see it from many different angles. And uh, of course, I, I don't think there is one visualization that can tell a whole story. You need a whole bunch of stories here. But I think it's a really, really nice example. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'll give it a uh, definitely give it a look. It sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's multi-dimensional, which is normally pretty hard 
to yeah. to handle. Yeah, but that's one of your your hobbies, anyways, right? Multidimensionals. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting challenge, absolutely. always. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what we forgot? Uh, the listener feedback. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let me just say one last thing, and then we can move on to the listeners' feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Related to that, if you're interested in nutrition data and detailed uh, measurements about food, there is another website that I really like that is called Self-Nutrition Data. Mm -hmm. And one thing I like there is that they have, so you will have to search a little bit into the website, it's not easy to access, but they have a number of tools where they use some sorts of icons which... Uh, depict uh, depict the um, space of uh, how how to say that it's really hard. <laughs> so they have icons that are used as query tools to find specific foods in the database. Because again, they uh -huh. have a very large database. Okay, and they have things like uh, I think it's called the caloric pyramid or something like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> where you have. At every angle of the pyramid, they have, I think they have carbohydrates, proteins, and uh, lipids. Ah, oh, yes. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Mm -hmm. So for every point in the, in the triangle, mm -hmm. you have a, pr a specific percentage of these three components. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really nice. And uh, by selecting one area in the triangle, you can focus on one specific set of foods. Mm -hmm. And they have something more complicated like... I don't know, they have two axes, another graphics where you have two axes where one axis is the nutrition level and the other axis is, um, how is it called? Uh, um, how fulfilling a food is, okay? Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> so probably yeah. you want to optimize your food and, and take <laughs> everything that is on the top right, which is very nutritious mm -hmm. and very fulfilling. Uh -huh. They have a whole bunch of graphics like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you are curious about it, I, I, I suggest that you give it a look because it's really nice and very well crafted. It sounds great. Yeah, yeah it's great. Um, yeah, do we want to move on to the feedback from the listeners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we we like we have to catch up. I think we we're getting we so much up. good feedback and new ideas yeah. and so on. Yeah. Yeah. So we we, also, we got one email from Margarita, which was nice, uh, uh, and she pointed us to this whole idea of uh, data sexuality, like the data sexual. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun article. I, I'm not sure. You know, it's a bit exaggerated overall. Yeah, but I have but, to admit I loved the, the term. I mean, yeah. I couldn't resist uh, retweeting it as soon as I saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bigger the data, the sexier it becomes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. But, I mean, it's true that there is a very tight relationship between visualization and uh, collecting data, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of or having this, yeah, 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 yeah. this special relation of, with data, of course. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. We have a sort of I would even call sort of data fetishism. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Not sure. And it's not just in the data visualization community, but now at the moment, you know, yeah, everybody's absolutely. talking about big data and data, 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 data. And so. Yeah, I know yeah. you are not a big fan of big data, right? Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I am. I think it's interesting, but um, yeah. What uh, is interesting? In my, yeah, big data per se is, of course, interesting, but. Um, okay. 
it's not it's just the hype at the moment and next year it will be something else and then we're again back to what what it's good for and what it's not good for but at the moment it's like uh, it gets so much attention that it, I think it's too much but yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But maybe that's something for a different discussion. <laughs> I mean, I am myself very much into big data, but I have to admit that that it's hard to de- to define what is big data. I mean, when is data big? Yeah, that's the I first mean, thing. It, I mean, yeah. It, it yeah. depends very it's much a, on the it's context. An, an right? empty it's term. the same as high yeah. dimensional. What is I always discuss what is high dimensional? Is it five, ten, hundred? Mm. Or thousands of dimensions, it's really hard to define. I think it's the same when you say big data, it's not clear what, what is big. I mean, yeah. I think it, it depends pretty yeah, much yeah, on, yeah. The, on the context. And also, you could have like a very verbose data set that says very yeah, little. Absolutely. You know, like absolutely. from an information theoretic point of view, you know, might, might not contain much information. Yeah. yeah and yeah, you sure. could have a small data set that is so Informative. rich in its, you know, in its details and and it's much more interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, Absolutely. That's, that's Absolutely. where the whole, I think, the scene goes a bit wrong, but just prioritizing size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By yeah. the way, do you feel uh, data sexual? Um, today? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Are you collecting anything about no. yourself? <laughs> collecting? Yeah, Are you collecting I mean, any, I, data, any data about yourself? Um, yeah, I have so I take uh, a screenshot, one screenshot per hour, like automatically. Really? Yeah. So oh, I have a, uh, my I webcam uh, on my computer. So yeah, you know, it takes a screenshot always to the full hour, and then occasionally I will map them into long, like, let's say, calendar, so I can sort of replay my life, at least so my di- a, at least my digital life. You have a script for that. Um, yeah, yeah, but it's very, let's say, custom made. But uh, yeah, it's it's like a processing sketch that loads all the images and places them in a big one. And there's also there's a great tool by um, Levmanovich's lab, and uh-huh. they they have a, a program where you can assemble really many pictures into one really big image. <laughs> so okay. I did that yeah. once with all the pictures I took, and it's like 17 meters long if you print it at 300 dpi or so. <laughs> it's a ridiculously large file. I think it's 100,000 pixels wide or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. So are yeah, you planning yeah, so to, at some to point I will any... maybe exhibit that maybe in, you know, in 10 years or something. When it's like so of course you are planning to do something with it, right? <laughs> Um, it's more personal. Yeah, it's more personal at the moment. It just for me as a sort of a diary, or but I might use it at some point for something. Yeah, sure, sure. And, yeah. and this reminds me that this is another great source for data. Again, referring back to these questions that we always get: Where do I find data? I think collecting your own data is a great, great source of of interesting data because then you relate yeah, very yeah, yeah. easily to to it and it's and, the best start i think so too it's the best start absolutely absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. you know at c plus uh, at the c conference there was also stephanie posavich and she often really manually when she makes a visualization about a book she will manually annotate that book you know and yeah. then collect her annotations and this is the databases and i think you have a much more much stronger relation to your work if you have actually like it's yeah, like sure. you know, if, it's like if you cook with uh, ingredients from your own garden, you know, <laughs> basically, <laughs> it just tastes better. <laughs> I mean, and I always say, if you cannot impress yourself, you cannot impress other people. I mean, That's, you have yeah, to first impress yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, and discovering uh, things about yourself, I find it really fascinating. I mean, there is this, yeah. I'm sure you have seen this, um, uh, how was it called? Uh, these visualizations from Stephen Wolfram. That was amazing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was also like analyzing 10 years of his life or so, all the keystrokes he made and stuff like that. I was shocked when I saw that he's been collecting data since uh, 1989 or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's a nerd. I mean, he's the, the master of all nerds probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, do we want to move on to the next uh, email we received? And then we can wrap up. Yeah, there was one more comment on the blog. I mean, it's a longer story probably, but uh, it's from uh, Sakshita from mm -hmm. India, which was nice. And uh, she was writing that, uh, yeah, it's, first of all, it's great that people in India listen to our podcast. I think that's so fantastic. I mean, uh, it's just warms my heart somehow and uh, uh, she was wondering about like information design data visualization infographics like what what exactly is the difference and was also a bit worried that coming from a let's say more a communication design background if you move into programming and code mm -hmm. uh, but you only do it like halfway you know or not mm -hmm. properly mm -hmm. is that then a good idea at all you know so these were the thoughts sort of coming through from the blog post and mm. I think it's a, it's a valid question. I mean, I think our position is clear, right? I think we both <laughs> agree everybody needs to learn how to code, right? Or uh, absolutely, wrong, yeah. sure. Yeah, see, now yeah, now yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you have to, to learn. <laughs> I mean, why do you want to limit yourself to such an extent? I mean, if you learn to code, you as I said many times, you don't need to, to become a software engineer. You need to, to learn yeah, yeah, yeah. coding well enough to be able to build what the things that you need i mean or at least to translate the ideas you have in mind into into visualization right yeah and i think it's so important just to think in rules and to think in you know in 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 functions uh, when you do data visualization so because when you do it manually you can move things around until they look good right but if you look data if you do data visualization you want to have a very clear rule mapping properties sure, to sure. visual variables absolutely. right absolutely absolutely and if you if you at least if you have tried programming a few times you get a sense of these functions and these rules you know how to encode them and what a good rule is what a very stable rule is and what a more difficult to implement one is and you know, and and so you have to be much more structured, I think, in your thinking. And I think that's the main the main point. So you don't have to program every day, but it's also like learning a new language, right? So what, once you learn, absolutely, absolutely, like maybe Chinese or Arab languages, so you get a whole sense of that the thought world behind it. You know, and uh, and I think that's the same with programming. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but there was a nice post by. Um, the coding horror guy, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, and, yeah, sure. and and he's uh, so he's a bit Jeff Edward, and he's a bit fed up with uh, this thinking that everybody should learn to code, and then even the mayor of New York says he wants to start to code, and he was he was <laughs> ranting a bit about this, and he said like, no, please. Please don't everybody learn to code. This would be awful. <laughs> so it's a fun, it's a fun blog post. And I think his arguments, there's something to it, but I think he misses the main point. And this is exactly this, 
that programming mm-hmm. teaches you a certain way of thinking. And I think that's good if everybody has that in their repertoire, at least, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah sure. Sure. I don't know. I didn't. I haven't read the the blog post. I will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's yeah, a fun. It's a fun thing I, I and a good know. discussion think... in in the comments. So yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, Moritz. Do we want to wrap up here? Yeah, I think so. The, unfortunately, the connection is really bad. So we are, yeah, the we're breaking is really up a today. bit. And yeah, so it's going to be funny how it turns out <laughs> in the recording. But <laughs> yeah. I hope it's uh, sort of... I, um, I hope we will manage to assemble it. In bearable. Yeah, I think so too. And otherwise, yeah. I just cut your parts out and just... Yeah, leave me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, um, I hope we will have another episode pretty soon. We were a bit late with yep. this one. We, we we don't want to disappoint you, and um, yeah, let's yeah, try to have so this much one going on. on yeah. Sorry, Moritz, I couldn't hear you. But there's so much going on. We are, we are busy people. That's the problem. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. But we will try and be more regular. We will try. We yes. will try. <laughs> okay, I think that's okay, enough dog. for today. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks. Was great. Bye bye. Talk soon. Have a good day. Okay. Same to you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.